Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. We are having a wonderful conversation, and the only thing that we're missing is you. So pick up that phone and call me right now, 404-872-0750. You are now tuned in to Word on the Street on 95.5 WSB. Joining us right now is my good friend and my brother with the A, AJC reporter and panelist on tonight's debates on Georgia Public Broadcasting, Greg Bluestein. Hey, Greg. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem, my brother. So first, before we get into the debates, I, I do want to ask a question. This came from two listeners earlier who called in, and they felt that yourself and Miss Ram did not push back more on Leffler than uh, Warnock. Do you want to address that? Um, I, I, you didn't push back more on Leffler than Warnock. Um, we had lots of uh, follow-up questions for both. Uh, I think also, in, in, in some sense, the nature of a debate uh, is difficult sometimes, too, to ask multiple follow-up questions, because if in one follow-up question they attack the other candidate, then the other candidate gets a chance to chime in. So I think that happened once or twice. Uh, uh, but I, I felt like uh, Russ Spencer did a fantastic job moderating the whole thing. I think you did. You and Lisa did very good jobs with your questions. Milani Kai, do you have a question for Greg? First, Greg, Greg I want to tell you that I successfully called... Bill Crane used several times, and he wasn't offended, okay? Okay. He wasn't offended. He said he wished he had your height. Secondly, you look great on television. I thought you did a wonderful job. My question is, Kelly Leffler, on, on television, as I'm watching, she comes across, it comes across, if I screenshot that, she comes across as a Saturday Night Live figure. I mean, it's like, am I watching Saturday Night Live, or is this actually Kelly Loeffler. She didn't seem like, I mean, to me, she didn't seem likable. She didn't seem personable. I've never met her personally. That was on television. That could be different in person. What was your feeling about Kelly in person? Yeah, great question. I mean, she's very, she's very on message. As, as you can tell from the debate, right. she, she probably said the word radical, it feels like at least a dozen times. I couldn't keep track. No, I didn't keep count. Scotty B and I took a shot every time she said radical liberal agenda. And 18 we are, times. We, and we're drunk. Oh, 18, <laughs> 18 times? times. You'd be 18 smart. times. That's 18 times. <laughs> so, but that's what she wanted, right? I mean, she, she came in there with a, with a mission to stay on message, uh, to not have a bad gaffe, um, and, to, and to not tick off the president. And I think the third one's the most important one. And, we, you know, we asked her multiple different ways if she accepted the election results, if she agreed with the president's call for a special session, if she uh, agreed with the president's uh, insults hurled at Governor Kemp, right? All those questions. And then each of those questions, including with follow-ups, uh, she didn't answer them. Um, and, and answering them probably for her would have, would have been ticking off President Trump either way, right? So uh, that, I think that, that was her mission, and, and to a degree she probably accomplished it. What do you think about Warnock's uh, performance? And then after Warnock, I just, I'll just ask you now, what did you think about Ossoff's performance with no uh, opponent? 
Yeah, well, Warnock first, uh, he went up there with his own mission, which was to try to paint her as a, a as a pandemic profiteer, right? They try to say that she, she put her own self-interest before Georgians. Um, and and he, so he stayed pretty much on message as well. He also had to face questions, uh, including from her, about some of his past rhetoric on the pulpit. Um, and he got a chance to deny um, some of those allegations uh, face-to-face with her. But at the same time, he also dodged a major question, which was whether or not he supported uh, increasing the number of justices on the Supreme Court. And he didn't answer that question twice as well. So so, so Republicans have, have that to sort of um, uh, put in his face. He also dodged the uh, church and state question. And another question he dodged uh, pretty effectively um, was the question of uh, law enforcement. Because for me, per, uh, you know, personally being, you know, involved, heavily involved in the African-American community, community in Atlanta, he said very uh, succinctly that he has great respect for law enforcement. That's not a popular statement for someone to make um, coming out of the Democratic side, coming out of Ad- city of Atlanta and coming out of Ebenezer Baptist Church. Yeah, and, and, I, and again, you know, Senator Leffler um, uh, accused him of, of, of supporting the defund police movement and of saying um, negative things about law enforcement on the pulpit. And while while there's video of some of those things on, uh, that he said on the pulpit, um, he flat out said uh, again, and he said this on the campaign trail many times, that he's not support the defund police movement. And that, that is sort of political baggage that Republicans have been trying to tie around Democrats in Georgia. Uh, even if they can't tie it around the candidates themselves, they say they're supported by people who, who, who believe, you know, who back the defund police movement. So either way, that, that, that's become sort of an albatross for them. But the, but, but the thing is, his base does. Like, you know, this albatross around the Democrat candidate's neck um, is one that Obama, you know, said recently we have to use new, new terminology. The base is rejecting that. They want to defund the police. I mean, that's not something that's kind of a, a harebrained scheme that Republicans are pushing. Don't you agree? Or do you agree with that? Well, I'd like to see in this, and hopefully we can do this at the AJC, but I'd like to see polling. I don't know if I've seen polling in Georgia. See national polling, the polling in Georgia, how 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 widespread um, this is, and I don't know if you can use the word defund the phrase defund police in a poll because it's, it's so toxic. But maybe you know tying fun, funding um, to certain metrics, you know, to, to uh, and, and depriving uh, uh, you know law enforcement agencies that that have failed their citizenry uh, of funds, maybe the way that the Democrats try to navigate that. But but even John Ossoff said. Uh, it might have been on your show, but he said he said at some point he believes in tying um, funding for police officers to, to, me- to performance metrics. And then forevermore, David Perdue's campaign says that he says he believes in defunding the police, even though he says he does not. You you bring Very up Ossoff. You bring up Ossoff. Um, in, he was debating a podium. Um, how do you think he did? Yeah, that was one of the strangest debates I've ever been a part of. And I've been a part of. Uh, an Ossoff debate, I think, with 16 other candidates three years ago when he ran for special election. So I've been a, a part of a lot of weird debates. But um, it was very strange because every question we asked him, he could easily turn it into an attack on David Perdue because David Perdue wasn't there to defend himself. Yep, absolutely. So it posed a challenge for us. You know, even the sort of sharper questions we asked him, um, he could he could answer them however he wanted and then turn it around. And then, the, and then when we pushed back and we asked him a follow-up, he could still do the same thing. Um, so he basically got a chance 
um, for to weaponize a lot of different uh, to make a lot of different TV ads, radio ads, and digital ads out of the different sound bites he got without David Perdue there to to push back. When Warnock and Leffler showed up, did you get a sense that, you know, we see a lot of debates. I've seen, like you, I've seen a lot of debates. I've been at them live. You get a sense, even though politicians will attack each other, you never really get the sense that they seriously uh, um, don't like each other. Did you get a personal feeling or did you get a, uh, did you observe these two either not liking each other? Did you see real anger between them when they came in? It's a great question. Um, I didn't see any personal war between them at all. Um, you know, there was no kind of like relaxing moment where, you know, I think, I think some of us find this backstage tried to make a joke or something or add a little levity before to break up some of the tension. Uh, but no, it was a very tense moment and not just because of the debate, because a lot of debates are tense moments, but because we all knew that this was being simulcast on Fox news and CNN and, and aired you know, all sorts of streaming audiences. So this was not your typical debate. There was stakes for hire, and I think the candidates themselves were were more were very aware of that. Do you think Leffler was nervous? Because she sounded nervous. Did you get a sense that she was nervous in any way? See, she didn't sound nervous to me. Um, but maybe that's because I've, I've I've seen her a lot on the campaign trail. And, and same thing with Reverend Warnock. They both sounded to me as I, as I've always kind of seen them on the stump. Um, Although I think you know Reverend Warnock's voice was a little scratchy, but hey, who am I to talk? Uh, but, hey, hey, but, that's the black preacher's yeah. voice. That's the black preacher's exactly. voice. Exactly, and my <laughs> voice is as scratchy as anyone's. So I didn't so, know you were a black I, preacher. <laughs> my rabbi he can self-identify as whoever he wants to, Shelley. Okay, right. right. <laughs> exactly. But no, I felt I felt like they both um, were were as at ease as they could be in such a. A, a strenuous, strenuous situation because it was it was high pressure. Um, going back to Ossoff, there were several points in that debate that he didn't answer direct questions. Do you think he didn't answer those direct questions because he had the benefit of not having an opponent standing there? Yeah, I mean, he was in. A, he took a do no harm position, right? Because he he knew that there would be no Republican opponent to to, to like slam back at him to slash back. And that's not our job as panelists either, right? Like my job is not to be a standard for David Perdue. My job is to ask him questions that we want answers for, for, for a larger audience to see. So he took advantage of that because he knew he wouldn't have an opponent. So he, he knew that he could, he could make these kind of – and I'm curious to see if he has any more viral moments. Um, but really the most important moment, I think, happened before the debate started, which is the picture of him at a debate stage without an opponent. And he will use that relentlessly between now and January 5th. Milani? So, in case you're just tuning in, we're talking to AJC political guru, guru Greg Bluestein. He's one of the uh, panelists asking questions at the Leffler Warnock debate. Greg, let's talk about the undecided because it's my feeling. I'm not a guru, but it's just my feeling that most people who were voting for Leffler after seeing this, they're voting for Leffler and vice versa. For the undecided to watch this, whether it was a thousand or fifty thousand, those who can vote, however, whoever watched it, how much do you think either candidate's performance changed, or who had the best? Let me let me rephrase that. Who had the performance that could change an undecided right now if we had to vote tomorrow? That's a great question because both the candidates really aren't reaching out to the undecided. I mean, they'll they'll all say that they are, but. Their, their main mission 
is to get as many of those 2.5 million or so voters who voted for both President Trump and Joe Biden back out to the polls without trying to spend a lot of money, time and effort into going for this very small pool of undecided. So that's why you heard both of them really appeal to the base. I mean, whether it be the radical talk from Kelly Leffler or the um, the he, he didn't go so far as calling her a crook, but but accusing uh, Rafael Warnock, accusing Kelly Leffler of profiteering off the pandemic. That was both of them are aimed squarely at the base and not really undecided voters in, in the middle. Greg, uh, we uh, as we have fun here on Word on the Street and we like to have a lot of fun. Uh, one of the things that I felt was Leffler did not seem to be well prepared. In other words, I, I thought I understand the repetitive thing. I understand repeating your staying, like you said, staying on message. But can staying on message sometime be a little bit distracting to the voter when it's just constant? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah it runs the risk of, of, of being robotic, right? I mean, if you just say the same thing over and over again, yeah, you can be painted as a robot, as someone who who, who isn't giving sort of any sort of uh, uh, gradation to your answers. And I think I haven't even looked at social media yet, but I'm sure Democrats have, picked, uh, have, have been pummeling her over, over the rep- repetition in her answers. Melani Kai? Greg, I have one question. Love Lisa Ram. She did a short stint on WSB radio. That's when yeah. I met her. Now, how did you guys pick the questions? And this is kind of light, but kind of serious. I kind of felt that she was given the minority questions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) There was no intent there. Um, It's funny because in the Ossoff debate, I asked the one, I asked the the question about about, uh, the push for social racial justice. Um, But no, we actually uh, did not game plan it like that at all. We basically said, we scripted out the first four questions to make sure that we hit the election issues and some of the uh, pastor issues on the Warnock side. And then we knew that starting off the third round, we would have to go into coronavirus because we hadn't reached, we hadn't got there in the first round. So we couldn't have a debate without addressing coronavirus, obviously. And then from there on out, uh, we kind of went into our own uh, bubbles. We, we, we had seen each other's questions and we said, okay, from there on out, you just, you get, you get one on Warnock, one on Leffer, I'll get one on Warnock, one on Leffer. And that's what we did. That's when I asked about, um, the Supreme Court to Warnock and asked about stocks to Kelly Leffler, and that's when she asked uh, many of her very good questions. So no, okay, I was just checking because no, it felt like you guys said, Lisa, you're black. You get the minority questions. Here you go. No, no, that <laughs> was hers. But she, she drafted herself and, and really wanted to ask. So, I love it. I love so, it. I thought so you Greg, all did a wonderful job. So, really. Greg, Greg, we just want to say on word on the street, we, we, we don't really believe you. We think you guys set it up that way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will debunk that conspiracy there. I promise. I promise. <laughs> we love you, Greg. Have a wonderful night, my brother. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank Greg you. Greg Bluestein of the AJC did a wonderful job. You and Lisa and Russ uh, Spencer. We 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 um we thank you so very much for joining us. We know it was a long night for you, brother. Thanks for having me. No problem. God bless you. You too. Spring is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24.